I'm Dr. Ben Dale, and I have a fear of retirement. another episode of our interview phase, uh, second half of season two, and today I'm with my good friend Jessica Swarvik. Hi, Jessica. Hi, thanks Hi. for having me on here. Good. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me like, okay, when do I get to talk? No, I'm, we've just been talking and catching up and yeah. hearing good stories. I feel like I got so many good stories before we even got this thing rolling. Well, we're going to do more good stories today. Good. All right. So just so everyone knows uh, the context of how we know each other and, yeah. and, and we'll get into who you are, but uh, how we know each other is mainly through church. It is. Yeah. Yep. And um, then I found out about you and your, and your real estate. Yes. I we, interviewed you for that. And you interviewed me for that, <laughs> right? So, Which actually had a lot of views because that was like right smack dab in the beginning of COVID when everybody wanted to know what was going, going on. on in the schools. Yeah. So that yeah. was a good interview for me because everybody wanted to see what you were going to say about returning to school. Yeah. Unfortunately. I know. You know, and, and I, I pontificated a little too much and, and ruffled some feathers. So <laughs> Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I got, I got a couple phone calls from the higher ups. You probably would have, you were going to get phone calls for anything you said with that. Yeah, yeah. I told you, right? I go, no <laughs> yeah. matter what I say here, there's going to be phone calls. Yeah. Well, nothing's changed. <laughs> so, um, and then, uh, so, so I knew about you about that and I also know yeah. about your volleyball background and I just thought it might be interesting to talk with you because uh, I, I've also interviewed for this half of the season, Neil Perlmutter and, uh, and the reason why I wanted to get him on and get you on is because you're kind of in the same demographic that I find interesting to talk to about retirement. And just talk to someone who, there's, there, there's no video feed of this, so I want everyone to know she's not in the retirement age range. I was going to say, I'm yeah. like, we keep yeah. saying retirement. I'm yeah. like, I'm nowhere near retirement, yeah. but, but bring that, it on. But that's why we're talking, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, I'll tell you about my parents who are probably younger than me, by the Still way. Still not retired. It's crappy. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, that hurts my heart. But I love that we're talking about retirement yeah. when, I know, ask away. I want to hear what you got from me since I'm just getting started. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Yeah. So um, give us context and background about you. Uh, talk about where you grew up and your education and yeah, so I'm how you from, got here. Okay, so let's go all the way back. I'm from a small town in Northern California, El Dorado, which is right next to Placerville, off of Highway 50 going up to Lake Tahoe. Small town, we grew up with five acres, tons of animals. There's five of us kids, so everything was like motorcycles and hide and seek in the field and nice and yeah close with my family so so was it a, technically a farm well not a working farm we had all different kinds of animals we had horses and sheep and goats and all right if you had cow. goats and sheep and you had a cow <laughs> all right can we just agree <laughs> that it was a farm that it was a farm yeah we can agree that it was okay. a farm I don't know if I ever milked but my brothers definitely <laughs> had to milk the goats the cow was a little mean so my mom had to milk the cow or she would kick you out while you were milking. I think if you had, you would remember it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have at one point, but it definitely wasn't my, one of my chores. But you blocked it out. Yeah. It wasn't <laughs> one of my chores. Um, then played volleyball, went to University of Washington for volleyball. Absolutely mm -hmm. loved it up there. And again, but... for the, the non-video audience, you're yeah. six, four? No, I'm six feet. And do you know what's so funny? One of my friends the other day sent me a message. We're in LA, obviously. There's always like different castings for commercials. And she texts me and says, someone needs a 6'4 volleyball player for some commercial. How tall are you again? I'm like, I'm six feet. There's a huge difference. Yeah. She's like, who do we know that's 6'4 that would do it? I'm like, there's not a lot of people that besides the professionals who are kind of busy. But no, I'm six feet. Not six four. You when look, I you look taller because, than six feet because you've probably seen me every Sunday where I'm wearing like three or four inch heels, so that's why I look taller. <laughs> yeah. 
But kudos to you for being six feet tall and saying, you know what, four inch heels are a good idea. You got it. They make your legs look skinnier. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I find that when I wear heels, my legs look skinnier. Right? Too. Yeah. No, I perk totally... up the calves a little bit. You can't no. wear a nice dress and then throw on like flip flops. Oh no, preach on. Like I, I totally lived that life. Yeah. I had clear heels on the other day, and an older guy at church walks by and does like a little head tilt, and I was like, I wonder what he's looking at. Like, is there something on the ground? And he goes. Hmm, I've never seen clear heels before. I was like, it's the new thing. Get with it. Okay. Clear heels. Now if he shows up next Sunday with clear heels <laughs> with on, on. Then we got that's leadership. Issue. Yeah. <laughs> so went to University of Washington for volleyball and then I only did indoor, played beach for fun, and went overseas for six different seasons. Switzerland, Spain, Puerto Rico for three years, and then finished with Indonesia. A little bit of everything. And that was your pro career. <laughs> that was my pro career. Got any rings? From your program? I have I have a national championship ring from UW and then we That'll do. Yeah. yeah. And then we won the league in Switzerland, which was my year right after UW. And then finals one year in Puerto Rico, but it's just a fun spot to play. In Puerto Rico, <laughs> yeah. I bet. I bet the fans is. are awesome. Awesome, awesome. The weather's perfect. They're passionate, right? Oh yeah. my gosh. That's yeah. an understatement. Yeah. I know it from the basketball side. Yes. Yes, yeah. very passionate. And then you have, the, it's literally wake up, practice, go to the beach, come back, practice, oh, hang a, out at night. That's a tough life. It's really tough. And you're how old when you're doing this? Oh gosh, what was I like? In Puerto Rico, I think I was like 23 to 26. I was there oh, for three man. years. That's dangerous. I know. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, good for you. So what brought you to South Bay? So funny enough, I after my season in Spain, I had left early. We were having issues with money, this, that. My sister came down when she was really young, moved to the valley to do the whole, are we still recording? Yes, yes. <laughs> to do the whole acting thing. She was living by herself. And I... It was either go home to El Dorado in between seasons or come down here, which there's nothing for me to do up there. So she's there's like, There's the goats. There's the goats, yeah. But otherwise, the cow. <laughs> um, and so I stayed with her in between Spain and Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And then I was coaching in Manhattan Beach. So I would commute from the valley down here. Then my sister ended up buying a Pilates studio in Hermosa. I went over my first year to Puerto Rico and then came back and ended up in the South Bay since I was already coaching down here, knew people down here, and then went back and forth for another, like, what, four years and then stayed down here, which I love it down here. So you ended up in Spain. It was your last spot. Uh, Indonesia was my last one. So Indonesia. it was Switzerland, Spain, then Puerto Rico, three seasons, and then Indonesia. Were you in Jakarta? Uh, no, I was actually in a small town outside of, I think it was, I think it's pronounced Sotobaya. Uh -huh. It's like over by, it was like a 45 minute flight from Sotobaya to Bali. So it's off of that side, but we played in Jakarta. And just uh, out of curiosity, all these places around the world you've been with yeah. volleyball, uh, how, how are your language skills in all those places like? You know, not as good as they should be. Switzerland, a lot, the Eastern European girls' English is amazing. Right. They learn it from a young age. Um, but we had girls from all over, from Cuba, from Thailand. And there would normally be, our coach was German. There would normally be a few people who would translate. But Switzerland was a lot in English. Spain was no English. And I would kind of understand what was going on. And then if I had questions about a drill or something, some of the girls would translate. Puerto Rico was a lot of English, and if yeah. there was anything, one of our coaches was Cuban, so he was only Spanish, and uh, and girls would translate. And then Indonesia, I had no idea what was going on, and there was one girl on the team who spoke English, and she would tell me what was going on. Wow. And the but the people were so nice there. Yeah. I mean they took care of us so well they would bring us food that's how we would get our food during the day someone cooked for us mm -hmm. and i'm not a picky person but i can't do certain like fish especially when they're whole and so she would and they're, bring and they're still looking at you yes so she would bring <laughs> these whole fish with the eyeballs and i'm like i just can't do it and so i told them like i'm so sorry but can you just not i 
don't even want to look at the fish right it makes me not want to eat the rest of the food just chop the head off yeah and then i, I wasn't getting and a lot like, of fruits and vegetables Blah. i wasn't eating a ton of fruits and vegetables and one time i asked one of the guys that helped our team i said is there any way i could get a few more fruits and vegetables because i didn't have a car and so it was a little harder to get stuff and he showed up the next day with bags at my hotel door full of fruits and vegetables. Oh. I'm like, you guys are so awesome. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah, they were so great there. So did you, while you were in Indonesia, did you have a mindset like, uh, where's the next place I'm going to play? Or did you, when did you start to feel like I'm coming towards the end? No, I think Indonesia I knew was my last season. I wanted to have a career by the time I was 30. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get working and I loved playing, but it's hard being overseas for months at a time and then coming back and doing, you know, like coaching or kind of odd jobs in between. I would always try and like work or intern for someone in between. Um, along with coaching and then would go. But once I went to Indonesia, I was like, okay, this is my last season. Let's get back and figure out what I want to do. And what, what did you have in mind? What was your thought process? So originally I had leaned towards interior design. That's what I thought I wanted to do in college. We, long story short, UW didn't have the program, but they had really good volleyball. <laughs> so I went to UW for that, majored in art. And, and won a national championship. Right? Yeah. And then I'm like, I'll figure it out afterwards. And so I interned for, you for a couple interior designers and I liked it, but it wasn't what I thought it would be. And so I still kind of liked that like hands-on design aspect, working with different clients um, kind of type of work, mm. not just sitting at a desk doing the same thing right and it was actually one of my brothers i had started my own volleyball clinics down here that i ran which i loved it was the little kids i did indoor and beach and uh and it was one of my brothers that was like dude why don't you get into real estate and he said that i think i went home i was up visiting i came home i looked up how to do the test and three months later took the test for my license and now you're doing real estate in South Bay and mm -hmm. you're having a lot of success. And um, what's your, like, when you, when you approach your career, um, you know, one of the things I talked to Neil about was this thing called the FIRE movement. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of this? No. Yeah. It, it's been around since 2010, but, but like a lot of people I ask, they haven't heard of it. Yeah. Uh, financial independence, retire early, fire. Oh. And it's something that millennials, Gen Ys, and Gen Zs do where they accumulate passive income. Yes. So that even sitting here talking, yeah. you're making money. Uh huh. And they do it so they can spend their time doing what they really want to do. Mm hmm. Whatever it is. Um, and so. I wanted to interview two people who were not close to retirement age yeah. and talk about that. Because my generation, we pick a career yep. and then we try to conquer the world and go to the pinnacle of that career mm -hmm. or until we retire mm -hmm. at age 65 and then we stop working and live off of hopefully whatever pension yeah. or savings we have. Yeah. I don't think your generation does that. I don't think that they're doing that at all. <laughs> Do you feel like, so which, cause there still are some old school millennials who say, okay, I'm going to be a lawyer and grind it out till I'm 65. Yeah. But then there are those who, uh, work just enough to live however they feel like they want to live. Uh -huh. And then they take the rest of their time and they, they do either the things they want to do or passion projects or play or travel. Yeah. Yeah. So where are you, like, what's your mindset about your career? So my mindset, I think real estate's an interesting career because it has changed over the years. And I think we'll continue to see it change even more, especially moving forward with just the technology coming out. But with real estate, you have the whole investment side as well. So you're kind of getting educated on being an investor, which is something that I would like to do myself, um, having investment properties. And so speaking of passive income, that is one way that I would like to 
have that passive income, but then it's just a whole new generation of social media and YouTube videos. And there's so many opportunities now to make money in other places. And I think if you can find ways, which is what I'm constantly trying to pursue of find ways of how can you put out information or how can you help people further that's gonna have some sort of return on that but finding it more as just a way of like what do people need or what is information that people are looking for that you know can have a return money-wise whether that's on YouTube videos or you know, there's just so many opportunities out there that you can have a career with whatever it is. In my case, it's real estate. And then how can you make money doing other projects, investments? And when you think about that money, yeah. All right, does your brain lead towards, I am going to make as much like all the money. Like I'm going to, I'm going to make, there's, there's no limit to the amount of money I want to make. Or does your brain lean towards, uh, I'm going to find the most efficient way to make the kind of money I want to make so that I can do these other things? No, very much the first. I'm probably one of the tightest people with money, Uh which can be a good thing, but also can be a little overboard sometimes. Luckily, I have, you know, people around me that are like, okay, let's loosen the two pair of shoes is okay loosen the grip a little bit (laughs) so for me I'm like how can I make as much as I can right now and then I'll figure out the rest where I'm trying to loosen a little bit to where it's like I actually have been listening to a lot of athletes lately and just different quotes because I think so much in life like like you said you can be two different kinds of people where it's like how can I make enough to get by to where I can travel every month and go out to dinner and do X, Y, and Z, and then I'll make it up the next month. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, I could work for a year straight without doing anything because you just don't know when the next one's coming, right? It's Mm. commission-based. It's not a salary. It's like, how can I work as much as I possibly can? And the cool thing about our industry is it's, I mean, the South Bay is so competitive, but you could go from literally making zero to selling one big house and making a huge commission. So there's that, you know, it's not like, oh, I need to work three years, then I'll go to my boss and ask for a raise, then I'll work for another three years. No, it's in full control, you know, I have control over to some degree of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, So you said, I wanna make is, I wanna go back to a a phrase you said. Yeah. I, I wanna make as much as I can now and then I'll figure out the rest later. Yes. What does figure out the rest later mean? Figure out the rest later. Oh, and I got sidetracked because I was going to yeah. tell you about the what I was going to say with athletes. Figure out the rest later is I would love to start my own business. And I just don't know what that is yet. I have one. I'm an ideas person. I have notebooks with ideas that come out of me every day. A fellow expressive. Oh, gosh. Yes. It never There's ends. There's eye rolls among the listeners right now. Just fine. Because <laughs> they realize they're listening to two expressives, and we've already forgotten what the topic is. Which is fine. <laughs> I have a girlfriend that we would do walks, and it was just like, okay, I have an idea. You want to hear it? Yeah, give it to me. My old, One of my older brothers who's up in Utah, he's an oral surgeon. He's the same as me. Uh-huh. Like, okay, I'm going to make money doing this. Now, how do we really make money? Uh-huh. And once a week, he'll get a text from me that's like, hey, George, I have an idea. Give me a call. <laughs> that's at least once a week, right? Okay. And then we'll go through it. He'll give me feedback and then we'll, you know, decide and then go from there. But so I don't know what that is. And, you know, I have a foundation that I started and run, run to. And so there's a lot that, like, I love traveling. I would like to, you know, be able to have the money to continue to travel. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I would like to be able to start a business and what that is. I don't know. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep working and making money. But what I was going to say about the athletes is yeah. I think sometimes, at least for me, you get so caught up in work and making money that 
and like I said, it's very competitive in the South Bay with in real estate. Sure. It's a super competitive market. There's a lot of stake. There's a lot of agents down here. There's nobody selling their house right now. Right. What is today's March 8th? And I think on yesterday there was like 28 homes available in all of Manhattan Beach. Wow. And you have 3,000 agents in the South Bay. Okay, do the math. <laughs> Not a lot of people. We should sell ours right now. Right? Let's talk later. <laughs> so one of the things I, I heard something from Kevin Durant, there was one thing that, because me and Ricardo had to, to have this conversation when I was getting frustrated by um, one of the surfers, and I can't remember his name, from Hawaii, John Jones, John John. I only know Kelly Slater and Laird Hamilton. Oh, so. You wouldn't know this one. Right. Anyhow, and so the whole thing was that you know, he was talking about winning the world championship and how he was traveling to like every beautiful country island you can imagine, but never enjoying it because his mind was always, I have to win. I have to win. Mm -hmm. And then he won and realized, oh, it starts all over again. Now there's more pressure. I have more sponsors. I have to win. I have to win. When looking back, it's like, you have to find the happy medium of saying like, I have to win. And then also realizing like, this is my life. Like I'm in Bali right now. Let's enjoy that I'm here and I'm doing what I love. And tomorrow I'm flying to Australia. And the next day we're going to Portugal and you have to really just enjoy that ride working as hard as you can and knowing that things are going to kind of happen and fit into place. But you can't get, you know, five years down the road and just say like, I, I worked as hard as I can, but I never did anything I enjoyed. I didn't go on vacations, and now you lose five years, which you still could have worked just as hard and enjoyed more. Well, I hate to break the news to you, but that's basically the fire movement mentality. You know? Yeah, I, I think what what maybe what maybe tripped you up a little bit was this idea of of making just enough money to spend it. Mm -hmm. You know, no, they're accumulating wealth, mm -hmm. but they're not doing it like my generation right. did. Where you have one form of income, and if you're not physically working, you are not receiving that one form of income. Right, and you stay in that career field yeah. the whole entire time. Yeah, that sounds horrible to me. <laughs> and I don't like, hear absolutely any of that. Horrible to I don't me. hear any of that coming from you. Because you look at your five mm -hmm. years now as mm -hmm. how do I maximize my life in this five mm -hmm. years now? A Gen Xer doesn't do that. A Gen mm -hmm. Xer says, how can I work my tail off during these five years so that 20 years from now I can enjoy five mm -hmm. years, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a, so that's why these conversations are interesting to me and people in my age range to hear someone like you talking about it yeah. Because we don't, that doesn't compete with us. Now it's a little too late for us. Yeah. Right? Because we're all now close to retirement age. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is it is interesting in, in having conversation with you and conversation with Neil, it'll actually change and alter a little bit the way I parent. Because I'm a Gen Xer who, yeah. who, who says, I got a bigger career field and I got to go till I'm age 65 in that career field. But my kids yeah. are Y's and Z's, right? Yeah. And they're going to have a philosophy more similar to yours. But what are we doing? We're saying, no, CJ, you go to the Air Force Academy. Stop changing your major. You're only a sophomore. He's changed yeah. his major three times. Yeah. We don't, that isn't, we're not wired that way. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we're handling it with him uh, in the most effective way. Yeah, that's interesting. But I think it, it also, like it, it, the more you do and the more experiences you have shapes you as a person. Mm -hmm. And if you can add in more of that stuff, the younger you are, then you'll evolve even more as a person than you would if you waited to, I mean, let's just take travel. Yeah. Travel is a luxury, but the um, amount of different people I've met through volleyball, through like mission trip, right? I went to Haiti playing with people from all over the world. I mean, you talk to the girls in Cuba and how they grew up versus how we grew up, Yeah, yeah. right? 
they don't even decide where they go to play. They don't decide what position they play. I, I played with girls who escaped Cuba. My yeah. coach had played on the national team after a game in the US, yeah. they took off. They don't go back and see their families. Yeah. Like those are things that I met those people when I was 21, 22. You have this like greater appreciation for life. You realize, wow, there's so much that we have to be thankful for. I just think if you can add in all these experiences, whatever the experiences are, it'll help you grow quicker than if, right, than if That's you amazing. wait until to do these trips when you're retired. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and just just to be clear, we're not into evolving. So we're fine with picking one career and not growing as a person and just grinding it out in that career so that we have a few pennies when we... But do you think it's really your generation's mindset or it's just yeah. because that was the only option? No, because we're the greed generation. Yeah. Right? We're the Wall Street greed generation. Yeah. And so we pick the one thing and our competition is... You say you're competitive, right? Yeah. Our, you're, but you're, I would guess you can compete with others, but I'm guessing you're more competitive with yourself and pushing yourself and driving yourself. But you're yeah. doing it so that you can uh, uh, maximize these five years in the, in the now and grow as a person and evolve. That means nothing to me. Like, I don't even understand. Huh. Except that I am, by comparison, retired pretty early. So part of this journey is talking to you and understand how I'm supposed to live now. Yeah. You know, because I'm now, and I said on an earlier podcast, I do feel like I'm 17 again and I don't know what I want to do. Oh, that's so interesting. How old are you? 55. 55? So you're 10 years younger than the average, which actually average, now I feel like people are working even past 65, so I don't know if I can even say average. Yeah, I interviewed the AD at uh, Miracosta, Glenn Marks, last night, and he, and he's 71. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, nowadays, who retires at 65? You're buying well, $8 a gallon gas. We're going to be working until we're 80, yeah. and you're 55. Yeah, and we're all panicking. But you say your yeah. generation only that you have that one mindset, but look at now you're doing these other things. True, but I'm um, part of this podcast is the struggling yeah. that I'm having with it. Okay. And I knew a year in advance that I was going to retire. I had no idea. I had no idea. So I started doing what we do. We, yeah. we research and we, you know, yeah. delve in and look in the Encyclopedia Britannica, right? Yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, then you come up with it and you try things and you have to be curious. You have to be a little adventurous because I do, I do talk to people who just say, no, dude, I'm just going to golf every day. And that sounds oh, like Oh, you water. talk to my dad? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> and, all, and all my buddies who say, oh, you're retired, you know, you can golf every day. And that sounds like water torture to me. Yeah. And so, and I'm trying to figure it out. So it's interesting to hear you, you know, talk about. Your, your career doesn't define you, right? No, I feel like I think of my career as how many doors is it going to open for me? Like, where can it take me? Besides, if, if real estate was the circle in the middle, how many lines off of it to new opportunities can I find from this one career? Whether it's just meeting someone from this, and then starting something, whether it's getting ideas from it, this, whether it's investing in real estate, whatever it is, it's like how many new things can I branch off from this So this is helpful career. too on another level because before, I, I, do you, how do you, how, what group do you identify with generationally? Are you a millennial? Yeah. You are? Okay. So um, I, I had employees who were millennials. Okay. And they drove me crazy because they weren't all in. That makes a lot of sense. If we had like a big like homecoming game. They're one foot in. They would come to me the week of homecoming and say, oh, hey, you know, I, I can't be here on Friday. My husband and I are going to have dinner. <laughs> For what? 
What do you mean for what? It's Friday. We're going to dinner. It's homecoming Friday. <laughs> we all have to be here. We sacrificed everything and alienate our families. Yes. For our jobs. And what are you doing? It's because, and I never understood it. And the more I talk to people in this context, the more I understand. Yeah. It wasn't that the job wasn't important. It was that the job didn't define them and their whole identity depended on it. Mm -hmm. I, f I feel like if they didn't have that job tomorrow, it, during my time as administrator, if I didn't have the job the next day, it would be, it would be uh, uh, catastrophic. Like, yeah. And I don't think it would for them because it wasn't their whole entire makeup. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if the real estate, if the real estate uh, gig went away tomorrow, it wouldn't be the end of the world for you. It wouldn't, but I get what you're saying because I think it's how serious you take your job, and that's different than saying. If it went away, it went away. I think I take my job very seriously, but that doesn't mean this is the only thing I want to do. It yeah. means that this is one of the things I want to do, but I have come across a lot of people, whether it's calling other agents on properties, dealing with them in transactions where it feels very much like it's not a serious job. Mm -hmm. And I think that's different than feeling like, well, if it went away on to the next, right? I don't want to move on to the next. I want this to grow so big that I have other opportunities from it. That makes sense. Yeah. So, um, you know, championship mindsets, and mediocrity and losers exist everywhere and they're cross-generational. Mm -hmm. And we need all. Yes, we need sure. the competitive right. and we need the people who... Because if everyone's yeah. a champion, yeah. how do you know you're a champion? No. You know, I, I, there was a student at Maricosta one time who no one could get through to her. Uh -huh. and I take it back. This is when I was at Redondo. Okay. And no one could get through to her. And so finally her counselor came to me and said, will you talk to her? Yeah. I so want to say her name because she's a great kid. <laughs> anyway, she, she comes in and uh, she sits down and her mom was with her. Yeah. And she was just straight F's, man. And she was like a first semester junior. And I said, first of all, I want to thank you. And she like snaps up. Yeah. Said, because without you... The A students don't know who they are. Wapam! <laughs> no, really. She's providing... It's like you said. We need them all. We need champions. We need mediocrity. And we need losers, right? My gosh. What did her face look like when you said that? Well, I, I, I didn't stop there. <laughs> it kept getting better. <laughs> yeah. I said, you know, because what's an A, really? What is an A? An A is only significant because it's so far from an F. Uh -huh. So without Fs, A's don't, don't have anything me. to be proud of or celebrate or value. <laughs> so you are providing a service. Your Fs make the A's relevant. And so I got done. And now remember, this is someone nobody can get through to, right? So I'm coming in hard. And uh, I got done and she goes, no one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> and she goes, that, I, I don't know, I want to be that. You know, I don't want to be the reason why happy people are happy. Yeah. And uh, I said, well, that's really all I have to say is just thank you. You know, appreciate you. So fast forward, I'm at another school. <laughs> 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 so fast forward a week <laughs> yeah so the next week i was at another school and uh yeah i don't think it had to do with that but you know be be that as it may right. uh i get a, a letter in my school mailbox there yeah and it, on the front it has her last name and i open it up and this is uh like three years later uh-huh three years later yeah wow yeah so i went another couple of years at 
Redondo, and then I went down to Marina, mm -hmm. and it was in my first or second year of Marina. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. And anyway, uh, I opened up the, it was a little card, and it said thank you, and I opened it up, and she said, I'm now a nursing student at Elko. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she said, I'm going to work and get my nursing degree, and wow. like, and she just thanked me for being real with her, you know, Yeah. and just saying, this is who you really are. You're... You're the reason why champions know they're champions, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, that was a nice ending to yeah. a really hard conversation. But you're, no matter what you do, you're going to bring a championship mindset into it. So I don't, I don't, and I didn't, and I say that to say, I wasn't trying to say that like real estate doesn't mean anything to you. No, I didn't think it you did, but I... To you, yeah. you're going to go all in and you're yeah. going to be a champion at that because... You used to be a champion at this other thing, and you used to be a champion at this other thing. And now you're going to be a champion at this. But you're not looking at it as a 30-year thing. I am. I think I'll be doing some form of real estate my whole life. Okay. Whether that's helping people continue to buy, sell, or if it's just investing myself. I definitely think I will be in this industry. And like I said, I think the industry is changing. So it's, you know, we have, we're behind in the game from say your generation who grew up in the South Bay, went to SC, knows everyone down here, but then ahead of the game with how do we beat out, say, all these older realtors mm -hmm. that are doing well? And how do we come with, you know, a fresh new look on everything that's going to surpass what they're doing? Mm -hmm. And there is, you know, there's so much changing, but it all comes back to relationships with people too. But it's a very interesting business to where, you know, that's where I say I am all in, where I think some people... Not so much because it is so difficult and you start out after every deal with zero. So right. any other job, you're making a salary. With us, as soon as you close your deal, you're back to zero. Like you got to go get another one. It's tough. Right. It's a dogfight out there to get deals, to get closed stuff with buyers right now when there's nothing available to get sellers when nobody's selling, it's not easy. And so I think for a lot of people, it's like, I know a lot of people that have their license, but don't do any deals. And it's easy to kind of like fall off. Oh yeah. Where for me, that's where I said, like I, I had to look back and me and Ricardo had talks of like, okay, I, I have to enjoy what's going on because it can get really tough when you don't have a lot of deals going on, right? Totally. And you can't just sit around and twiddle your thumbs and hope that someone comes around and wants to sell. And that's yeah, where- house just falls in your lap. Yeah, and yeah. so when people say like, well, competitive, I think the competitive comes from when you have nothing, not from when you're doing well and still being competitive. You gotta be competitive when you have nothing. That's where it like really comes out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, that's where that fire starts burning where you're just like, what else do I gotta do? I gotta step up now. So you can't just fall behind. There's a ton of agents in the South Bay. Oh yeah. There's yeah, like 1% yeah. of those agents who are doing deals. Wow. That's, right? a, that's a small number. Oh yeah. Well, I definitely can attest to the fact that you hustle you know mm -hmm. i see all the stuff that you do through social media mm -hmm. um we're only friends on one platform yeah but i see a lot of things that you do and mm -hmm. you know you're definitely like your your video uh video log mm -hmm. what's the correct term for it i don't i don't know i think of well, i don't even know see that's yeah. where i'm millennial not yeah Gen Z or whatever, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do try so you do and that, do and it's videos. Very, you're very yeah. active on it, and mm -hmm. you know they're they're fun to watch and compelling because you do great interviews and Thanks. and and I think that that so you are doing that and being innovative and hustling mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I have no doubt that you know you'll continue to have success mm -hmm. like you're already having. Any volleyball anymore? 
do you know what? I started playing with some girls. We've gotten groups together in the past couple months on the beach and I try and get one day in a week in the morning before any meetings or anything Mm -hmm. starts. And we just have such a good group. I, it honestly, to me is the best thing right now. I run, I lift, I work out, but being down there early in the morning, you just like the waves crashing. You can see dolphins, you walk out, there's nobody out there. You set up the courts and then we have a good group to where I come home and I'm smoked some days and I'm like, okay, shower and let's go to work and I'm sore the rest of the day. It sounds like a good place to move to and live. Do you know what? If anyone's interested, (laughs) I know someone who can help them. I teed that right up and you just smashed it. I mean, you know, you were here. This is, I just love this area so much. And I go for runs on the strand with a girlfriend, probably two to three days a week. And then play volleyball I try and get it in once a week nice. and it's just really nice being down there I've been asking everybody about their hobbies yeah what do you do what do you do for hobbies did you, or did you just say what you do for a hobby well volleyball is a hobby um I I like to road bike mm-hmm. and so I used to go more I keep saying Ricardo but that's my fiance Ricardo he's training for a half Ironman and Ironman and his little group that they have are like I can't keep up. So on a day that they're tired, I try and jump in and we'll go early in the morning, like leave at like 630 and head up to PV. And that's like the other best thing of being up in PV. You drive around Paseo. It's quiet up there. People are walking their dogs. You're biking right along the, I mean, you have the beach, you have Catalina, it's fresh air. It's early out. It's still kind of crisp. That's like the best thing, okay. being up there, lungs burning, legs burning. I'm always left behind. You had me until the lungs and the legs. And then they come yeah. circle back uh-huh. for me. So that's the other thing I like doing. Uh, I like it that you go with them, you said, when they're tired. <laughs> I can't keep up and I hold them back yeah. and I can't make it as far as they can. So if they're tired, then those are the days that I can jump in. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. so... No stamp collecting, no... Do you know what? I just... Beanie babies, I'm going to... Next time you're here, there's going to be a picture right there. I just bought stuff to paint. Because like I said, I did art in college and I haven't done it for a while. And so that was one of the things going back to like, okay, let me like really make the most out of my time right now. And how can I just jam pack my day with things that I love and that bring me joy and that bring out the creative side in me. So... I just went the other day and bought paper and paint, and I'm going to start What are the painting. other things you're doing to jam-pack your day? Um, let's see. Well, besides work, which I have an inspection in right. one hour, right. but um, what are other things that I'm trying to jam-pack my day? I know I should have, I should have more. I've been journaling, so sometimes I'll go, That's which is a new thing for me. I know okay. that's not your... Actually, I should say your generation probably did more journaling than ours, huh? Yeah, I do a lot of writing. Do you? Yeah. Okay, I feel like that's like the hip new thing for our generation, but... Yeah, but I like... Back. But I'm a writer, so... Okay, see, I'm not yeah. a writer, and my journaling is bullet points. And it's usually like, I'm grateful for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's my type of journaling. Okay. But I'm trying to do that, and so... On the weekends, I like to just go sit by the beach while I do it, suck in the fresh air. Kind what of are the things you're grateful for? Calm. Oh gosh, I have so much to be grateful for. Health. Yes. Overall, because you know, I've had injuries, I've had little issues, and so when you're healthy, just nothing beats being healthy. Mm-hmm. Thankful for little things like our house, for my family. I'm very close with my family. For my job, I look around at, you know everything that's going on in the world right now and you're you just count the blessings that you have yeah thankful for my job and thankful for every one of my clients i honestly have such great clients that it makes going to work really fun and exciting that's good every day is a new project and you work with good people and i have girlfriends that i work out with that i love and people that I play with that I love and it's just it makes everything easy and fun and exciting Uh, great so 
That's great. Yeah. What a, what a great way to finish up. Now, the last thing is you have choices. We have, is this hot sauce? We have Hatch Green Chili Hot Sauce from New Mexico. Am I going to be throwing up at my inspection? No, well, well, if you think, then don't <laughs> choose that one. <laughs> or you have prickly pear cactus jelly. Oh, absolutely the jelly. Okay. What, how was, hot is this? Well, it's hatch chili. I don't so. know what hatch chili is. It's, that's, the, that's the mecca of chilies is in Hatch, New Mexico. So if you have hatch chili, it's, it's hot. I think I'm going with the jelly. I think you're going with the jelly. Yeah. Because you're looking at that, you're holding that jar of chili like it's dynamite. Well, I'm thinking like, how like, can you like, would this be a good prank at the next barbecue to, I didn't know what Hatch was, who knows what Hatch was. And then is that a nice thing to do at our next barbecue or maybe not such a nice thing? But... um we have a lot of barbecues. It's like you're trying to Let's read it, but that. you don't want to get it too close to your face until and let you know. <laughs> Do you eat this? Oh yeah. On a regular basis, or no. like a. No, non. Let me street tacos. And, on street tacos. Sure. Uh, but I think you're going with the jelly. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll use this. All right. Prickly pear cactus jelly. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I love this. Wait, before we finish, okay. I want to hear from you. Do you, are you a checklist person? A bullet points, notes, what else do you have on your, what are some of your goals for the next little bit with you being quote unquote retired, retired. from your career, but what's next? Um, I'm writing a book. Oh, really? I am. My time as a principal at Miracosta. Wow. Telling, telling the stories, giving the inside scoop. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you're out there hearing that and, and you're not worried, then you shouldn't be worried. But if you're out like there hearing this and you're worried, ears perked in there. you probably have cause to be worried. <laughs> I want to do a, a video uh, blog series. I have a couple ideas. One is um, travel around the country and do a uh, uh, video blog of U.S. history sites. Oh, wow. And, and allow... Uh, people to subscribe and I'll announce when I'm going to be there and they can be on live at the same time, YouTube live. I think that's awesome. And they can ask questions and wow. I want to take Joe because he's the star. That, you know, I love that. If you know that. Joe, you know. I do. I taught Joe. Okay. So, you know, he's you one know, of a kind. Adorable. Yeah. yeah. So just so people have a reason to watch, I want to take Joe. I love that. And then I want to do another series called uh, Stuff Your Daddy Should Have Taught You. And just pick funny, silly, stupid things and say, you know, your daddy should have taught you this. Like, um, the list can go how to on pick and on. somebody up for a date. Yes. You know, and, and so I'll say, I'll have, you know, someone honk outside and go, that ain't it. Uh, <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, Eric Carroll gave me a good idea. He said, uh, one of his boys, uh, dialed on his phone and he said to his dad they didn't pick up it's the phone's doing this and it, it was a busy signal <laughs> so I'm gonna you know teach you know phone etiquette from an older person and, uh, <laughs> pick up and then uh, one of them I want to do is um, one time our ice machine went out yeah. And we have the ice machine that has the big bucket, the yeah. big box, and the ice falls in and it broke. And my wife texted me and said, the ice machine's broken, we need ice. And I was far from the house, so I texted Jake, our 16-year-old, mm -hmm. and said, go down to 7-Eleven, get a bag of ice, put it in the ice box. So I get home, and the bag's on the counter, and it's all melted. He just set the bag on the counter. So I went upstairs and said, Jake... What happened with the bag of ice? He said the bag didn't fit in the box. You gotta be more specific then. <laughs> so I wanna do a video blog on how to break up a bag of ice. Cause that is a country skill. And you Breaking grew up on a ice. farm, I'm sure you know how to break a bag of ice. Slam it on the concrete. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's an art to that. <laughs> You're like, wow, that's, you did grow up in the country. You know, you don't, 
You don't slam it, like you drop it about chest height. Okay. So I'll demonstrate. Okay. And there's a wrist motion, you know, and follow through. And then, you, then every, you know this from growing up in the country, but after you slam it the first time, you don't just pick it up and you're done. What do you do when you reach down to grab it? It's a country test. I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot here. When you reach down to grab it? All my redneck buddies are leaning in right now. I know. Okay, so you got your bag of ice yeah. and it's solid. Yes. And you stand and you, you give it the one, boom. Yeah. What do you do before you pick it up? When you're reaching down, you just flip it and give it a little tunk on the other side. Oh. Because just because you flipped it, it doesn't mean the ice is broken on the top. Yeah, it doesn't break evenly. Sam learning so much. See? Now you're ready to go back to El Dorado. I, love, I like the history thing because I was never interested in history in high school. Yeah. It just felt like it was trying to get through one chapter after another. And now I think it's probably one of the most interesting subjects out there. Yeah, and, and underserved in schools. Very much so. It's I all think, English and math. and yeah. yeah. I think even some of the movies that come out on different things, documentaries, you see it and you think, I learned this in school and I didn't remember any of it because yeah. it was just flipping through pages to get through the chapter where when you really dive into it, oh my gosh, there's so much that I think kids, adults, everyone would find interesting. Totally. Yeah. And, it, and, 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 and it, that, that applies to everybody. Uh -huh. My wife, if she's listening, knows this is coming, but <clears throat> we're watching a docudrama yeah. on Lincoln. And we got tired and it was time to go to bed. And we, we didn't quite finish it. And when mm -hmm. I turned it off, she goes, yeah, I'm really interested to find out how it turns out. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> that, that would be me. <laughs> they shoot him is how it turns out. And she's like, really? She's like, you just ruined the movie for me. Yeah. She's an you accomplished mechanical it. engineer and aerospace Air Force Academy graduate. You just blew the whole movie. Yeah. She goes, yeah, yeah. You just, now what? I don't even have a reason to watch it. Are you serious? They shot him. They shot the president. Are you serious? Okay, now I don't even need to See, watch it. See, now you have to do this docu-series. Spoiler. You're a spoiler, man. Spoiler babe. alert. Oh, yeah, my bad. My bad. My bad, yeah. Yeah, then we're going to watch. I told her after that we'd watch one on Kennedy just what, to check. What happens with that and one? And I looked her in her eyes, you know, like, we're going to watch the one on Kennedy next. She goes, oh, I know he got shot. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this, this was, was fun. fun. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you very much for having Appreciate me. Appreciate you doing it. And I can't wait to hear your other ones when they're out. They're phenomenal. They are so good. I'm sure they, they are. They are so good. They are so good. And I know I'll, I'll hurry up and get them done because I know you're not going to be able to sleep <laughs> I until you can hear these other ones. I, I honestly can't wait. You're too kind. Yeah. All right. I'm Dr. Bendale, and I have a fear of retirement.